Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and continuing with our unexpected Canadian theme, today's guest is Amy Cheshire, the fashion blogger and founder of Hey Gorgeous, which has become a burgeoning web store for plus-size fashion. She took a really interesting path to get where she is, and I really enjoyed our conversation, so let's get into it. But I'm definitely the kind of person, like, I always, like, I'll be, like, at a restaurant, I'll be talking, like, mm-hmm. pretty much just about food. Oh my God. It's all, you know? yeah, once you get started, you just, it's, it's a rabbit hole down thinking of everything. And then living here, there's just, just way too much good stuff. And, like, uh, my parents are coming to town in a couple of weekends and, like, where should we go for dinner? And the list is forever long. Where are they coming from? They're coming from Virginia. Okay, so where what is like the thing that they want when they come up they, here? Like pizza? No, no, they Italian, like respect China. like nice, classy places. Pizza is no, no. very classy, and respectable. <laughs> no, no, but like they like um, you know fine dining. That's okay. the word I'm looking for. Like they like the idea of non fine dining, but then when they get there, my right. mom has a lot of comments about how she's not comfortable. So we just have to go straight to to the top. Did you grow up in Virginia? Um, no, I grew up in Toronto. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No shit. I've been everywhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've lived almost longest in New York City now. Really? But uh, yeah, I grew so up. So you're in, Canadian. I'm Canadian. I've, I'm dual, technically. I have both oh, passports, okay. so I can. How's that work out? It's great. No, no, I mean, like, how does that scenario happen? Like, so, what do you need to make that happen? Um, you have to be from a country that the United States likes. Okay. So that helps. And then um, when we were getting our green cards and everything, you could choose, you could keep your canadian citizenship but you have to in order to keep it active like i have to live there but i still have my citizenship and so if i want to reactivate my health care or something i could just go to canada and live there for x amount of time i could live there in a second i would live in toronto in a second it it takes it's it's so hard not to just run back yeah every time we visit and spend time with family and friends i just want to i feel so at home there and family's close friends that i grew up with and I just feel at peace and comfortable and at ease. Well, what was your Canadian upbringing like? It was really wonderful. Like we, I don't mean to color yeah. it with no. just. I'm sure it was just it was like very, everybody else's. I'm not trying funny. to say. It I'm was, not trying to otherize yeah, you. No, we lived in an igloo. <laughs> no, no, none of that. We lived in um, Toronto at, when I was really young, right in the city, and had a a townhouse there. Went to a, like a little Catholic school. My mm-hmm. brother and I would walk to school and sometimes stop at my grandparents on the way back and hang out there. So and then, like idyllic. Yeah, just, it was just lovely living in a city. I didn't yeah. really know because Toronto is very sprawling. Yeah. And um, you didn't feel like you were right amongst skyscrapers like you are here, but right. you did feel like there was a sense of community. And I went to the school that my mom had gone to. So it was oh, really, wow. really interesting. And my mom, my my mom had moved from Germany when she was young, so it was just this. It was, it was. How did she end up in Canada from Germany? Oh, I guess after post-war. Oh, okay. And uh, my grandparents were, you know, wanting the better life, mm-hmm. and they took the boat over <laughs> and ended up in. Um, they were trying to go to Canada. Yeah, they okay. wanted to go. Okay. And uh, what was like Montreal was like the Montreal, big port, and yeah, but I. I th- I'm not sure of their total travel, but they I, they ended up in Toronto, mm-hmm. went to I think Winnipeg, and real just not too much over in Winnipeg. No, no, I think they quickly learned that let's just make the trip back to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, they settled down there, and um, my grandfather worked for a chocolate factory. Oh, what? It was yeah, it was the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get to go visit? Was he still working when you were? Growing yeah, up? yeah. When I was growing up, he was still working the night shift. Yeah. And when I would stay over at my grandparents' house, you would see like the chocolate bar pop out in the window. Uh-huh. And that would be the one that they worked on that night. And he <laughs> would bring all the defects. It was fabulous. So you're just, defects just like weirdly shaped yeah, bars. Kit Kats yeah, Kit Kats or, <laughs> or coffee crisps or whatever. Coffee crisps. Very Canadian. The best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. When my friend still ships me a shipment of them every few months and it's the best thing to arrive in your mailbox. You can get them at the dollar store. I don't know if really? you do that. Yeah. So just a pro tip, pro tip <laughs> for anybody out there who's looking into for their, coffee yeah. crisps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I love them. So. Like Dollar General, you can find them. Oh, I'll be visiting. Yeah, <laughs> shortly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I grew up, grew up there, and then we moved when I was maybe five or 
six. No, maybe even a little older that to um, the suburbs in Unionville. Mm. And um, we had a, you know, bigger home there, walked to school still there. And yeah. it was, it was lovely. And what lived, were your folks doing? My dad was a forensic white collar crime investigator. He what? sort of, yeah, it was really nuts. And he sort of founded the field and would investigate all sorts of white collar crime, Bertie Madoff types too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he started with the RCMP and then... Well, so what's the forensic aspect to that? That's right? just the other... Because it's not like you're going to crime... You're not to going to crime scenes <laughs> no. testing DNA no, and stuff. No, no. I, I don't know where the actual forensic... Ter- I should ask him because... Yeah. Because that's on his like license plate. Of <laughs> and and so I, re- I quickly realized that I would have to say the white collar crime after because people would think that he was investigating like dead bodies. But yeah. no, it was just people who would steal money from... From like people. embezzlers and embezzlers, Chichescu, who's the guy in in Budapest. I hope I'm getting my history right, but but um, he, that was like in like, the eighties. In the eighties, yeah, yeah. he spent a lot of time over there, just finding where he put all his cash. And um, after he committed suicide, to um, so he, your dad was like the guy. He was the guy. He's still yeah. He's still still the guy. still doing he's it. Still doing it. He, if he's not working, he doesn't know what to do with himself. I and get that. I totally understand. That. Always seems to be people stealing money. So yeah. <laughs> It's it's a forever giving career. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he, how did he get into that? How is he? How is he, that the thing where he's like, I, I know, I gotta get these it's, bastards. I know. It's it's crazy. He's like, fighting the good fight. And he's you know? is fighting the good fight. And he went to university in Windsor, Ontario, and studied to be an accountant, and started to work with the police, and that led to like investigating these yeah. these money crimes yeah. and figuring out where. They were stashing it in what bank accounts. So, like, if something was going down, they're like, hey, get that account. Yeah. Get Cheshire yeah. on yeah. the phone. Yeah. No. Get him over here to <laughs> examine these documents. Yeah. 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 And he, so my dad would come over and um, he would start looking at it. Like, he still has a pile of papers and a highlighter. And that's how he. So he's like the badass accountant. He, oh, he's, he's like, like. They call. What do they call him? He, he worked for the NHLPA doing a case for them. And they, that's the National Hockey League. Yeah. So the National yeah. Hockey yeah. League Players Association. Yeah. And um, they were calling him the, like the godfather of fraud <laughs> investigation. I'm like, I don't know if that's the title you that's want. So but cool. I could but, honestly spend an hour asking you just about this. Oh, this is like so it's fascinating. fascinating, like coming home and hearing about all the crimes that people were committing and and how they were hiding money and and just how silly they were. Just yeah. the person, people who were doing it. It it, it really gave you a good idea of what craziness people get up to and how to avoid it. Right. There's you know? never enough, man. That's yeah. the thing with these, those people, you know? Well, ex- exactly. And that's, it's, it was amazing the amount of selfishness and how much money people would smuggle or try to get rid of or hide. It was hundreds and hundreds of millions when already they had hundreds and hundreds of millions. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, what, what sense is enough? And, and so that's what we were around constantly. It's cool. just crazy cases of. Was there ever like any threats on his life? Were there not ever that like... he ever told us? Oh, okay. But um, when my um, husband's good friends were getting married in Trinidad, mm-hmm. and my dad had done a lot of work in Trinidad, and we were going to go to the wedding, and he's like, "No, don't go to. Um, I don't recommend you going." And um, I'm like, well, I, I had been married at that point, so my last name was Lindquist, and now it was Treasure. And, oh, oh um, sorry. So, no, your okay. da- oh, so your dad's name was Lindquist. Lin- Lindquist. So, uh, so earlier I had meant yeah. to get a Lindquist on the yeah, phone. get a Lindquist on the phone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, my, so I'm like, well, my, my last name's Treasure now, Dad. I can go. He's like, yeah. still, don't go. So, it, so that was the first time that I had ever been like, oh, so people there either love him or hate him because right. of the investigations he, he did, did on the prime ministers and <laughs> so it always be like a new prime minister would bring him in to investigate the past so prime minister wow it was just a constant cycle That's of cool. of that so he spent a lot of time in the caribbean did you guys ever get to travel with him at all or like Not he was really. like kids no i'm going to battle yeah <laughs> he would leave us at home and he would <laughs> he would go i would always want to go yeah. And, and, but we, we never went on the trips and he was always so tired of traveling. So we never really went anywhere on those, on trips. Like Like, those, like, yeah. Did you ever go to like, uh, Muskoka? Yeah. We we had a cottage. Oh, okay, cool. So we would go up on a Friday night. We would all drive, load the car up Mm -hmm. and go up to the cottage for the weekend. And that was the best time. The cottage is one thing I miss so much. It's pretty nice up there. Yeah. Gorgeous. Like the lakes just getting in a boat, canoeing, having a fire and relaxing, whether it be for a weekend or for the whole summer, whatever it is that you were able to do. It was just just wonderful. 
What was your mom doing? My mom was a housewife. Yeah. So, so she's she taking was care of you. Yeah. I have two brothers. Two brothers. One okay. older and then one younger. Oh, wow. So you're in the middle. So I'm the middle. Only what issues? Girl. What does that mean? What issues does that mean for you? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'm always trying to balance things. Yeah. I and on top of that, I guess I'm I'm a Libra, so that means I'm always trying to find this. You know, trying to make things calm and peaceful. Okay. And like it was interesting because I grew up the middle but I was also sort of an only child because my older brother went to boarding school at age 11. Did he get in trouble? No. Did they have to ship him away? No. Okay. No. My brother the best way to describe him is as Victorian. He's very formal very oh. proper and um, like with all like the silverware and stuff oh, elbows on the table. Yes. Or like even more so than his, that. Like, if, if that was on his radar yeah like he's very polite. I remember when we were young he was calling my aunt Mrs. Hawkins when it was supposed to be Aunt Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Just, Hawkins. Yeah, it was just like Justin, come on, calm down a bit. It's your aunt. You can yeah, call yeah, her aunt yeah. Barbara, and just always very formal. Shake your hand, you know, ma'am, like to my friends. Yeah, and I'm younger than them <laughs> until they're like, um, Justin, just call me Jen. That's my name. Yeah. So where? It, wait, I just want to know what's he doing now? Like he's a neurologist. Oh wow. So it's perfectly. Fitting. Is the formality still there? Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's a the, like when you're operating on the brain. Well, he doesn't operate. Oh. He just like diagnosed okay, and sorry. Parkinson's and things like that. But um, but uh, yeah. There's a lot of formality in it's, there. It's yeah. You want someone like him. Yeah. <laughs> focusing on that area. Yeah. It's a perfect job for cool. him. But he's but yeah he's always very serious, very formal, and he fit right into that because he went to the school called St. Andrews in Canada. Okay. And um, it was like full on kilts and like they had that special what? uniform and then they had like a suit for their day to day. Oh, wow. So he just, so he was just like, that was like his heaven. heaven. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, wow. So yeah, he's investigated alumni from, from there to gra- who graduated during the wars and like did all sorts of crazy research for the school. So That's he's cool. So yeah. I so come, he was older, he was but older. he was away. He was and then away. your younger brother. Then my, Young, I went away too at eleven to Where'd boarding school to oh, okay. one called Trafalgar Castle. From um, was it an actual castle? Yeah, it was you like lived ca- in a castle. I lived in a castle for two years of my life. Co-ed? No, all girls. Okay, so all what girls. was what's that like? It was it was really interesting. I think I did really well in that atmosphere. Yeah. After I got used to not being home for Mondays through Fridays, my parents would pick me up on the weekends. Yeah. But you really could relax and not be worried about what the boys are huh. thinking. But then when I went to co-ed school, it was a total, I had no idea how to deal with boys. To like regular high school? Yeah, when we moved to the States, I'm jumping ahead, but... Oh, wait. Okay. So yeah, you are jumping a little ahead. So, okay, so... But like, so when I went to school, I went to boarding school at age 11. Yeah. For grade seven. And um, just went Monday to Friday, lived with girls, went to Like, was there like the whole bad kids element there? No, that was really different from Canada to the States was that boarding school is more like it is in the UK where people, if you could afford it, you would send your kids off to school. Right. And it was much more normal there. And then when I moved to the States, I went to a boarding school briefly in Jersey. Where in Jersey? um, In Princeton? Close to Princeton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was wealthy people who sent their kids that they didn't want to deal with. So it was very different. For high school? For high school. Yeah, you know what? I think my like little sister was thinking about going there because she lives right outside of Princeton. Oh, really? And yeah, and she yeah. just started high school. She goes to public high school okay. now. But yeah, yeah. Like, that was like a school they were looking at. I know exactly mm-hmm. which place you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so it was, it was just such a different environment, and I wasn't expecting such a change. Well, why'd you guys move to, to the U.S.? Well, there wasn't enough crime in Canada, I guess. Mm. <laughs> so my dad had, um, had his partners in his then firm, and he was the one who volunteered to go to the States. Oh, cool. And so we moved. Were you excited about that? Were you oh, sad to leave Canada? so pissed. You were? Oh, my God. I still remember the day when we were in the garage and they're like, decide to tell us when we were still parked in the car. They could have told us before, but this is the mem- my memory of it. And they're like, so we're, we're moving to the States. We're going to move to Virginia just outside of D.C. And, and that's that. And then my brother got to stay at boarding school in Canada and I didn't get to stay at my school. And I was really you're upset, angry. Well, that's kind of got to be hard, right? Going all those different places, different groups of friends and stuff like that. Yeah, What's that experience? Settled? What was that for? What was that like for you? It was tough because not only were you going to a new school when you could have stayed at your school. Right. Because that's a weird situation all in itself. I could have been a boarder there full time. Right. And still had my friends and family and not have changed that surroundings. 
than to going to a new country, even though the states isn't that different in the scheme of things. It's there a, are there's little, there's there's some subtle differences, differences yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's really hard to peg down until you're you're living in it. And then moving to the States was just really confusing. And it was at when I was 13, 14 and just wanting to be angry at the world as a natural just teenager. In general, right, yeah. Right, right, and right. then to layer on a whole new atmosphere and whole different people. And there was like almost like a like a like a dartboard. Yes. For you to focus all of it on. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I remember sitting after we moved to Virginia and we were living, you know, like Alexandria, of, Virginia, um, Fairfax, Fairfax, okay. Fairfax. And just sitting in the grass on the front lawn, I'm like, this grass feels different. It's horrible grass. <laughs> and just how the communities were different. Houses were so close together, different from what I had grown up with right. and what happens all the time in Canada. But it's just my what experience. Was, what was like the first, th- what were the things that were kind of like jarring to you initially? Do you remember that? Um, I remember finding out that I had an accent. <laughs> <laughs> well you still have it i still have a little yeah. bit of it but it was much worse worse than and well, worse that's a relative term like yeah. who's to say well, one's exactly. better than the other very true very you know? true like, but you know. when i i say big instead of bag i think oh. that, so okay. that was my first discovery of it when i was in going to boarding school in jersey when i was asking for a bag and everyone was like what what are you saying what are you <laughs> and that just like I remember that moment so strongly because yeah. it was just like, what do you mean? What am I saying? That's, right. That's, that's what I'm you so, call, yeah. call it. And then like washroom, saying washroom instead of bathroom. Right. People would constantly make fun of like just little things. Stupid that, things that are yeah, really that, like a, a inconsequential. 14-year-old just slashes onto. And was will, that making it difficult for you to like, to like, was that kind of like putting up any barriers in terms of Yeah, like, it made me feel different. Yeah. And even though I... In retrospect, there wasn't too much different from me. It just, right. it just was really strange. And and then, like, I remember even one thing when I went to that boarding school in Jersey, I ordered my kilt uniform custom because I didn't think they had my size. Okay. Because it was all in inches, and I worked in centimeters. Yeah. So I ordered my kilt in <laughs> centimeters, which they then thought was inches. Yeah. And I, like, got, like, this huge, huge <laughs> kilt. And <laughs> I just remember thinking... I just remember thinking that they must have thought, that, like, who is this girl coming yeah. to the school? It just, just crazy, constant, like, little things that stay, stick with you when you're a teenager. But there was, like, the bad element of kids at that school. Like, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting Were you getting messing into. with those kids? Or? No. I, I was such a good kid. And, like, they were getting drunk off of NyQuil, changing medications. and Changing medications? Yeah. Like, they're like, like, I'll give you this. You oh, give me oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Of all their depression meds or whatever they were on. Wow. And I had no idea that this stuff went on. I was, you know, I was pretty sheltered. Yeah. And um, it just blew my mind. And that was the first time that I come, come across. It probably was going on in my boarding school in Canada, but I just wasn't old enough to... to come across right, these worlds right, or right. who knows but uh so you went there for all four years no oh. i went there just for a semester oh and then over christmas break i told my parents like i want to be home like we just moved to this new country now you shipped me away to boarding school yeah can i come stay at home for a little so bit you're like another let me let me like start up in another place yeah so then <laughs> I know. please i like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let I love me go the through a little please. a little more Keep torment yeah yeah, yeah. D- just bring it to me <laughs> so um then i ended up going to a local catholic school um, just in my, in, in my Virginia. neighborhood, yeah, in Virginia. That's so then cool. I was a day student and went from, from wearing, like still wearing a uniform, but then being co-ed, which just threw me for a loop. How so? Well, I had no idea how to act with boys. Oh, cause and you had been going to, to like all, all girls, girls school all girls. up well, until high school. Well, from, le- from grade seven yeah. to high school. So yeah. like three years. Yeah. And, um, and like during before then you're you're much younger you know right. f- doesn't go on your radar yeah but um and then going to this classroom where boys were speaking out out of turn people were getting detentions for having their shirts untucked i'm like just tuck in your shirt just, just do it just do just, it just tuck just it do just, it. just, just, <laughs> just get it back your act together why yeah. do you keep on getting detentions for this it just blew my mind but um and then having people talk over me or and just not having that respect or that right. it's it just was really different and then boys talking about girls and having crushes and all that stuff was just, that all like foreign to you it wasn't like it was i mean were you, for, did you have friends that you would talk had, to about that stuff before that or well, like 
We went to, like, we would have organized dances. Okay. So there would be Trafalgar's going over to St. Andrews for a dance this weekend. Like out of, like, a 1960s yeah. movie or total, something. Like, total. where you guys would stand on either yeah, end of the place. Yeah, and then gradually there would be maybe a video dance, and then one guy would ask another girl to dance, <laughs> and then you would be have a relationship with that guy for a week, and you would... <laughs> call on the pay phones when you had time oh and like, it was, it was, it was crazy. But you know, that's, you know, where I always stood out cause I was always the tallest and biggest girl. So I never had those moments of, Oh, he has a crush on me. Cause I just was like three times their size. Oh man. So I think that all stuck with me and you, you know, what's one thing that I kind of want to go back to something you're just mm-hmm. talking about, just like about like that experience of just dealing with that people talking over you and that kind yeah. of thing. The thing to me, that's my, one of the most striking differences between here and Canada, mm-hmm. like um, there's really like not a, that much aggression mm-hmm. in Canada. No. Or at least in Toronto. I can yeah. speak to Toronto. I spent a b- bunch of time in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like for example, like I can remember one night, like after the bar going to like pizza, pizza mm-hmm. and getting some, you know, mm-hmm. and then just like everybody was just like kind of in a good mood. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that like aggression no. where like, say you go get some pizza after like a night out in like yeah. the East Village or the Lower East Side. Like there's that People weird are, sense yeah. of like, tension and They're aggression you go. can feel it in the yeah, air yeah it's so weird it's it's definitely a different vibe it's a little bit more chill yeah i think people know how to drink yeah. better there yeah. which is weird to say but people pace it out more yeah like they just don't go all in and try to drink as much as you can as quickly as you can it's, well, i made a so, mistake in montreal once man i just did not know that those labats like 40s had like 50 <laughs> times the amount of oh alcohol gosh, of, like yeah. regular beer you'll learn quickly yeah i learned pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, but uh yeah it's definitely um a little bit more british in in canada yeah and um not to say that those those people don't exist. It's just a very different. It's a different experience. attitude. Yeah, and I get it's it. much more chill and and um, not as um, winning <laughs> as <laughs> as uh, that. So comes to mind. I'm just, just happy just, to be playing the yeah, game. Yeah, just I'm here. I'm yeah. having a good time. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And and that just going changing that sort of overall world structure um, to a 13 year old girl is kind of kind of nuts for me that's cool well what were the things that you were into once you were kind of back and going to cat yeah. like school cat- like you're home yeah i was home like what are the things you're doing because you're like what oh like prime gosh. teenage prime years teenage then? year what are um, you doing with your time i was took up playing the bass guitar like <laughs> most 13 year old girls in suburbia had to be part of a band what was the thing that turned you on to that um my my first friends that i made were, we were in band class mm-hmm. in um at the school, I was playing the saxophone and, and they were too. And she played the guitar on the side. And I was like, you know, I need to play something. I'll play the bass guitar. Why not? Right. And so then we would lug each other's amps over to each other's house and and started playing. And that's sort of what I was doing. I was really, really? into to music and listening well, to... Who were the folks that were you were like getting turned on to? Or like the people that you're trying to emulate? Oh, I, I loved like Pearl Jam. Yeah. Back then. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I remember listening to the CDs for the first time yeah. and and like Nirvana and yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers and all those. I think those are my first buys of music. Oh, and really? Yeah, yeah. And So were you playing like flea bass lines I on your guitar? Were you trying to oh be my like... gosh, I was so trying to be anything <laughs> like that. You slap bass oh, like... Oh my gosh. It was my dream to... Like, I got pretty good at reading tablature, but my reading music on the bass was struggle for me. But I yeah. played piano and a few other things and kept busy doing doing that so you guys you had like a band with your friends i wish we did but we were never able to totally commit to anything was it that kind of scenario where like you spend most of your time just like coming up with names and logos yes yes but not the music and talking about like who we would be inspired by and that's just as fun yeah that's part of of it right it was a lot of fun it was it was entertaining and it let let me finally ease into like my my new life there so it was it was good it was cool yeah um so what would you say would be like the most awkward time you remember having during these years oh gosh definitely those years yeah just just growing up taller bigger than average i felt like really outside of my comfort zone constantly um i remember you know did you just like hit puberty before everyone yeah 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 yeah. and and just being i'm tall and like more girls are tall now than when i remember i feel like everyone's tall now but (laughs) maybe it's just living in new york amongst 
all sorts of there's a lot of people. tall people yeah there. yeah and um and but there I just always stood out and I was that was I was always so self-conscious about about it yeah. and um not really now when I look back at pictures like what was this all about no, I don't see I know. anything I know but it's, but um but then it, it made me feel awkward and it really made me hard made it hard for me to to become friends with people or I would be really shy and yeah. I don't, I still to this day don't do well in large groups. That's like, not, that's not yeah. what you want to be. No, no. Yeah. I like if I get together with friends, I'd like max eight people. And then I, I start to get overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. and I just don't want to talk or I just shut down. Like even like yesterday, our friends was, do, were doing a tasting and it's, and it was a bunch of people I didn't know, but some people I was friendly with, some people I knew well. Yeah. And I just shut down and I start. It's the great thing about having kids is that they can, you're like, oh, I'll just deal with them. Oh, and, I got to yeah, deal with the I gotta, kids. I got to. The kids, guys, gotta sorry. Help them. Yeah, sorry. so so that, but still, <laughs> I don't do well. And, and like at the school that I had gone to in Canada, it was maybe like four or five kids in my grade. And I went from that to like 200 students and, or it yeah. was just a huge like change. So I felt just really awkward and got a perm at a really bad time and just (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah yeah so I was just layering it on and um (laughs) and not quite sure what to do with myself or what my interests were it was just like there was no I wasn't quite a drama kid I wasn't a cool kid like where do I yeah so what yeah so what would you do what were you doing like where were you trying to I, were you trying to land somewhere? Were you floating around? I was floating things? around. I had like. Did you have a goth phase? Like I, you know, I kind of involuntarily had a goth phase. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was, you know, g- growing up plus size. Cause that's what my business is in. Like there was one store other than Lane Bryant I could shop at, and that was Torrid. And it's a like a plus size retailer that's still okay. around. And at the time when they launched, there were a company from Hot Topic, and it was very like goth oh. clothes like black and those big platformy yeah. chunky oh, yeah. shoes and and so because I didn't want to shop at Lane Bryant I shopped there yeah and I was like well I better embrace this goth thing because <laughs> I get but I never fully committed because I wasn't me so right. I was just I like constantly trying to pigeonhole myself into when I was just someone who just wanted to coast in the middle and right. and have friends <laughs> wherever and do whatever but it was always a, a constant search well, what, what were you looking to do? Like, what was in your mind in terms of where you wanted to head after that ordeal was over? Um, well, I knew I wanted to go to college. And, yeah. To do and anything in particular? I wanted to study psychology. Why is that? Why is that? Um, well, I really, I think I got really introspective about, you know, my journey and what I had gone through and all the changes of like atmosphere and then also just like moving around moving all around the time and, and all these different places, yeah. people, kinds of different ways of doing things. Yeah. And then... Also, just with my my body, figuring out who I am mm. from looks to feeling like I stood out and that I was awkward and wanting to bring peace to other people so they didn't have to, to mm. feel that. Well, how were you finding that peace at that time? Um, I think just growing up and realizing that it wasn't it wasn't my appearance. It was that I how can I phrase this? I think um, I think just coming into my own just just learning who I was and being okay with that. And, and that is the only thing that can happen with getting older and, right. and age. And it was right. just something that I had to, to wait for. Yeah. <laughs> like I always knew I would do best when I wasn't in school. <laughs> and I sort of, that was the carrot dangling at the end of everything is just get through this, get through just this. Get out, go just to, do it. So just, did you end up going to school for psychology? Yeah. Yeah. I went to uh, like a commuter school started at a school called J- George Mason. Uh-huh. And, um, and I lived in the dorms, but I was r- literally 15 minutes from home. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? I, you know, I was in a, my first serious relationship at the time. And mm-hmm. I was really scared to, to really go any further. And I didn't want to. Was that in Virginia? In Virginia, From yeah. high school or it started after you? Um, end of high school okay. into first year of college. Okay. And, um, and, it w- and I didn't want to stray from that. Like, I didn't want to like go to a university that was maybe two hours away mm-hmm. and um, not be have be in that relationship. And right. so I quickly learned that that was really unhealthy. And I think... How my, did you come to that decision? My GPA. Okay. <laughs> end of the first yeah. year was... I don't think I broke a one. It was bad. Because you were just hanging out with yeah, your boyfriend. Yeah, I was just going, hanging yeah. out with my boyfriend, going to school on Wednesdays because that was the day that I could <laughs> motivate my 
myself to go and uh, quickly learn that this is. You could have went down a different path. I could have totally gone down a diff- yeah. different path. I remember my dad took me for like ice cream or something around that time. He's like, you know, you'll have other boyfriends. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> got it did you and your dad talk about that kind of stuff Not all the time really. was that weird for him to be yeah like, oh totally weird oh yeah yeah, well, yeah i mean it sticks out in your mind yeah it still, sticks out yeah. like i i remember his uh his like drug and sex talk with me was like i i know you know better than that <laughs> I was like, yep got it okay <laughs> and even and even when after i got married my husband my and my, my dad took me for a drive and he was like you know you don't have to rush to have kids I'm like got it okay <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah, exactly. It's always Still. these like short, short, pointed phrases where I'm like, check mark, just no like, problem. It's like he's just always got to be a drive. Like, yeah, just exactly. Like... Just get me out of the car. That's awesome. Yeah. So when, so were you like, I got to get out of the situation? Where, how did things? Yeah, change yeah. I was just like, I need to, I need a new, new environment. Yeah. It's the only way things will change is if I get out of this and so i i transferred and went to a school in virginia still called james madison okay yeah that yeah. was in uh, richmond in uh oh god harrisonburg 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 so i like virginia virginia's great yeah i love it and um and so i i transferred and went there and yeah and had some friends from high school who were going there and well, I that's still, kind of like a crazy school right it's, there's like yeah. a because I, I went to Penn State, oh, which you? is okay. like a crazy... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just crazy. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want it, it's not, mm-hmm. like, the only thing to do yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's pretty it's close It's James to, Madison, the yeah. same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, was, that, was, that, was that kind of, like, a shock for you? Yeah, like, it, was, it was nice to f- have that separation and just to go to parties because George... That school didn't wasn't, like, a par- party school. Not that James Madison was either, but it, you'd go out on Thursday night right. and then... Friday and then there were just things to do that were a little bit more uh, normal and soul psychology was like soul psychology yeah oh yeah I studied that all the way till when I graduated like intro 101 Kitty Genovese story all all that that stuff Pavlov's dogs yeah yeah so I I loved all that stuff and I really wanted to work with kids and body image like during high school I went to like weight loss camp oh okay and um what was that like it was nuts. It was crazy. Like, was it a camp where, like, you would go away for the summer? To yeah, this you place? would go away for, like, eight weeks. Was it called weeks. Camp Shane? It was re- not that camp, but okay. it was, they were definitely, that was the other one. Because I knew was, Camp Shane, because yeah. I went to you, a camp, yeah. a summer camp, and, like, you know, you'd play other camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Camp Shane used to come play us. Oh, really? Yeah, like, yeah. in sports. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know all was, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I went to one in San Diego called Camp La Jolla. Mm, that's a good and, name. And um, we would live there for... I would be there for eight to nine weeks every summer. Was that your choice to go totally there? Totally my choice. Yeah. I think I saw it on Oprah and I was like, mom, dad, this is the answer to, to everything. Send me here and yeah. I'll lose weight and never have to deal with weight again. And of course, like five weeks after being home, it was all back. But, right. But, um, did but, you ever see the movie heavyweights? No, it's I didn't one of my see favorite that. movies. Oh my gosh. It's this great that? movie. It's like Ben Stiller's in it oh where gosh. he like takes over this mm-hmm. weight loss camp for kids. It was like a Disney movie, but gone awry. Gone awry. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Check it out. Keenan Thompson's so in it. So many memories. Yeah. So I remember like, you know, the, there are a lot of famous people's kids who would go At there. At La Jolla. Yeah. Yeah. Who wow. would, they would be trying to have them lose some weight. And so the, I guess there's a lot of people coming from LA yeah, where it's just LA like too. super hyper yeah, body don't image. Don't be this yeah. way and sh- right. send your shameful child off oh, during the summer to bring them back skinnier in the fall. And then like, I remember this one of the Saudi prince's kids were there and he would be like trading a Rolex for a candy bar, Rolex oh, for a candy man. bar. Like crazy. Like there was like a black market oh, candy bar. Total scene. black market for, for uh, candy bars. Well, I mean like, so what was that? Do- <laughs> what was that? Like, you know, what was going through your mind while you're there? Were you, I mean, was it like, was any of it like difficult? It was like, it was interesting because I wanted to be there. Most of the kids didn't want right. to be there. I really wanted to lose weight. So I would be like working out nonstop from mm-hmm. the moment you woke up to to bedtime. And I would even do extra. And and then I would lose a ton of weight. And and there were people there fighting it, like not want, like trading mm-hmm. whatever for mm-hmm. candy bars. or a Rolex for I know. candy bar. A Rolex for, I know. Where was I when he was handing that out? <laughs> but... <laughs> It's it's really where I learned a lot about uh, sort of the mentality of of how you look at yourself right. and how it's not even not as bad as you think think it is and um, 
and realizing when I lost my weight, I still had the same things I had to deal with. And, and that was sort of the light bulb moment that I realized that it wasn't really um, solving. That's really interesting. So I did that for maybe three years. One year, my mom came with me was for the summer yeah. yeah like they had an adults class and oh wow she she was constantly working out and then i had to then i was like trying to keep up it was it was crazy what yeah. is it ever something like did you ever because there is like such a thing as like working out too much oh yeah i'm sure i did yeah because i would like work out intensely all during the summer but then hardly touch it yeah during the year and it was but it was it was it wasn't in no way it could have possibly be healthy. Right. Like I had step routines down like to, to the nines. Like I just Did you have like all the different like videos and stuff? Oh yeah, I had yeah. all the videos, Tony Little growing up, all yeah. those crazy 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 people. Do you do you ever seen Angela Lansbury's workout video? No. It's amazing. But I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube. You can check okay. it out. Yeah. Uh, that will that will be done That's as really soon good. as I get yeah. home. <laughs> um so yeah, so you said that you were gonna that that was that was like the kind of um, that was the path that you wanted to take yeah. with like the psychology. Yeah. Was there that lane at that time, or were you? Did you feel like you were kind of like going in a direction that wasn't really a big focus I, at that time? I don't. Yeah, I think it was kind of uncharted territory. Yeah, it was. That's the be- that's the yeah, more poetic way yeah. of putting it. Thank you. I, my, my pleasure, <laughs> no problem. Um, I I think. Do the, people know about that yeah, back down? Back down then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I'm sure it was around, but it was so much more private then. This is right. pre internet. Yeah. <laughs> pre um pre social media. Like you you're you seriously felt like you were the only person going through this and then you you would have 8 weeks in the summer where you were amongst people like you and going mm-hmm. through similar things and where there I was like the pretty one. I was the skinnier one and that was like oh my god, very empowering for me because I lost all those um all that self-conscious baggage that I had when I was at at school because mm-hmm. feeling the total opposite. Right. And and so I, I think for those eight weeks in the summer, and I think a lot of people who went to camps like this felt that they were kind of free of their of those those burdens that they carried around. So it's like, you know, cumulatively, it would say it's like more of a help than a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know some people who don't have stories as, as redeeming as mine, but... Um, like it because it can be really especially if your parents are making you go and right. all that it's yeah a much you're different. automatically off the bat yeah you're, just yeah, like, you're going in with yeah you're not going to make this a win situation yeah but um but since i went there with that and then what i took out from all the years going was just that the weight doesn't solve the issues and um let me see if i can pass it on to to uh, others so how did you once you finished school were you How'd you put that into practice? Well, I graduated with psychology. <laughs> I took. <laughs> but come my senior year, I um I started to want to f- model. Okay. I wanted to be a plus model. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did how did that idea come across your I, brain space? So, like, there was a magazine that came out a, l- a few years earlier called Mode Magazine, and that was the first like magazine that featured women above a size 10 yeah and it was beautifully produced and just gorgeous editorials m-o-d-e m-o-d-e yeah Yeah. and um i was like wait a minute i'm like them i'm i could do this and why and that just opened up a whole other part of the world to me was so i so how (laughs) what was your plan what was your grand scheme to get in well i um bought a book on how to model okay as you do and it had all the poses in it and i ended up emailing the author of the book i don't know how i found such gumption that's so great who knew yeah (laughs) and um i sent her some pictures of me and um i was like do you think i can model and she sent me back this very encouraging email like yes of course come to find out i know i know the woman well now oh really? and she's like oh yeah you never know who you tell if they could do that too because who knows they may show up and um but just thinking like, you know, you, you, you want to be nice and encouraging to people, but sometimes there's those people that you're just like, you know what, it's not for you. But, uh, but yeah, she, so she, she told me, yeah, you should totally do it. So I was like, great, <laughs> done <laughs> doing it. So, so what do you do? So what do you do then? So my, like, my like whole scheme around together? it, what do you, my whole scheme around it was via education. So after I graduated, I decided I wanted to get another degree in fashion merchandising. Okay. In New what York exactly City. is fashion merchandising? It's figuring out how I to buy. Because I hear that term. Yeah. What is it? What is it? It's figuring out your collection of clothing, 
for a season or delivery cycle of like how many tops to bottoms to sweaters to swim or whatever the okay. season may be. Yeah, yeah. How much money you want to spend on blah, 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 blah. So what made you want to do that? Because oh, that, 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 that was get, your way. Oh. That would get me to New York City. Gotcha. And um, so I got into school here called LAM uh-huh. College and I went to school again and got an uh another degree in fashion merchandising all while were you doing like plus size modeling at the time yeah okay so i started to take pictures and found an agent and i was that hard to find an agent at that time yeah were there there agencies that was two wilhelmina and um i think ford had Mm -hmm. had it and and i ended up going out with a another small like upstart agency and um so yeah, I went to open calls and wow. all that stuff, trying to to figure it out and and get into that world of modeling. What was uh you know what was your experience like doing? It doing was that? it was interesting. Like I went to castings and I come to find out, I was really stiff by the camera and I couldn't relax and yeah. I couldn't like I so much credit to the girls who do that. It's just a really hard career being on your feet all day in heels listening to people poking and prodding you, trying getting emitting emotion. And, yeah. And it just, and just having to have yeah, it like exactly, all the time on, yeah. and mm-hmm. know how to pose and right. what looks good. And I just, I, after going to castings and doing a couple pieces, I, I was like, this isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, after all that, um, come to find out, but the, the did oh, you, did you feel that you were treated like, okay in that world? Like, did you ever have yeah. any like negative experiences? It's not too bad. Like just, it, just like I had to maintain my weight within five pounds and never any horrible experience. I kind of, luckily people have always been really good to me and I've always had a really good radar for staying away from questionable situations. That's good. And so I, so I managed to keep that from from happening but i could i knew of many girls who it was just uh they had the opposite you, experience yeah yeah where you just when they would tell me something that they were gonna do i'm like no don't yeah. <laughs> don't but i think i've always been super cautious and um and while that's helped me in a lot of ways i think it's probably held me back a lot too because i i'm always scared to take that first jump and i mm. sort of need someone to to lead me into it or to push you yeah exactly one one of the two ways <laughs> literally i have been pushed into many of lakes just yeah. trying to get myself into it so so then when you decide when you're like this isn't for me mm-hmm. and you're doing this you have this fashion merchandising degree <coughs> what's your plan of attack what do you so while i was in school i started interning at the only plus size company in manhattan at the time and that was like design uh, like clothing yeah, design clo- like fashion company, company. yeah yeah, it was a catalog, okay. and um, it was the only. I thought I would come to New York. Um, my other goal was to work for this designer at the time called Richard Metzger. He had gone out of business at that point, and the only other plus-size company was this one that's now called Full Beauty, but at the time it was called um, One Stop Plus or Romans and had all these other catalogs. And so I started interning there, and then I was hired there before I graduated and went into product development for Knit Sportswear, all for plus sizes, so that's so probably so you're like designing the pieces and stuff. Like yeah, that? yeah. Or yeah. you go shopping to be inspired by. Oh, okay. Um, the pieces that yeah, are yeah. there, yeah, and yeah. Um, and then you pick which ones you want to go into development, and you would then price them globally with your your team, and you'd that's be like, cool. add this detail, take away that, make it a three quarter length sleeve, make it boxy because that will fit more people, and you're sort of taking fashion and bringing it down to the lowest common denominator oh, for cool. for the customer. Well, what was your experience like doing that? Too? Were you enjoying it? I learned a lot. <laughs> I, no, I, I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I learned a lot. Yeah, it was great. Next yeah. question. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it was really amazing. Like, I got to see the customer's feedback, what they re- wanted from Plus Fashion, what they weren't getting from it, and, um, and really how sort of the big machine of fashion for this customer really churned out the clothes like what was going into the design why were why was you know being a customer who wanted really great cool of the moment clothing but not being able to find it i really wanted to figure out well why can't i find it right like if there's a market for yeah. it like why why weren't well, why, why wasn't, wasn't it being here? done and what what did you what did you find was the reason i just found that you know big co- companies like them and the other ones they um they have a history and they have these items that do really well for them. Mm-hmm. So they have a million dollar corduroy top that right. they're always going to run. 
They're going to do it in a million colors and they're going to do it season after season after season. They may try variation of the short sleeve or change the detail of it, but they're going to always address that. And it's a big cruise ship to move when you want to just say, hey, I want to do a knit motorcycle jacket and have, have this done or just a basic tee with, but let's do it at a higher price point. Mm. You come to them with those ideas and it doesn't, they can't guarantee the sale. They're not, they're not maybe looking to like take ch- chances. Is it because there are like not that many people doing it? Well, there's not that many people doing it still. At this time. And oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then and, and still. Yeah. But, um, but they know their customer and, and they're scared of going outside of what their expectations are. And I get it. It's they're big companies and they have to do what they think works. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew as a woman who was plus size and wanting more clothing that there's got to be other women out there like me. Was you, did you find that frustrating? Incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And, and what was your, what was your idea to kind of overcome that? Um, I, I wanted to do it within them and I wanted to, you wanted to mess up the system from the inside. Yeah, exactly. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't sell out. You bought in. Yes. I bought yeah. in. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. In. And, and I, that's I, not my line. It's from uh, SLC punk, that Matthew Lillard it's okay. movie. Yeah. I won't tell. I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to take credit for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Own it. Own it. So I, um, so yeah, I wanted to do it within and I wanted to, to, to build what I wanted to wear. And I, didn't really realize all the politics that went into to doing that. Yeah. And um, so in 2009, I, I left and started my own blog, which was about plus fashion and mm-hmm. wearing what was currently available and how to make it into your to your own trend, the current trends, what celebrities were wearing, what right. models were wearing. And, I, and, and that's where I started to, to develop my now business. Right. What, um, you know, why do you think, you know... Why do you think now, like, plus size fashion has become this issue that's mm-hmm. on Front Street all of a sudden? It's it's amazing. You know? Yeah. Why why now? Why do you think it's happening now? I think there's a lot of things that kind of, like, just the internet. Yeah. You go from, like, at least my generation, I'm 36 now, and I didn't grow up having, knowing that there were other people like me that existed. Right. You assume... Like you may be one other girl in school, but not, you don't, you can't go home and type in a few things and find like a million other people yeah. who, so, so now that that's sort of brought everyone together who are like, I'm, I feel like you, I feel like you. And everyone is, like is able to vocalize. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Hmm. And then social media and just that, I think the fashion market has hit a point where they've, they've maxed out every single type of thing that can be developed for sizes 12 and lower. Like right. how many denim lines do can really exist right. for X amount of people. And I think it's now people are realizing that we have to, God forbid, go to above a size 12 to, to find more customers and, yeah. and increase your bottom line. Well, one of the things that's like kind of a bummer to me about fashion is how like quickly like things like become our trends and mm-hmm. how quickly they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is like something that's just like, you know, cause it yeah. is something that a lot of people are talking about, oh. even in like all different arenas that it never really talked about plus size fashion at yeah. all before. Like, do you think that this is like, so, like a trend to them? I think a lot of people think it's a trend mm. or, or just, they just want to do something to like quiet in the, the crowds. Yeah. But I think it's the reality of the world in, yeah. in general is yeah. just that people tend to fit in these sizes now more so than ever so it will still be here and i think as companies gain success and women are able to make their voices heard and just able to and as women just able to fill their closet with clothes that they actually want to wear it all starts creating that momentum of it being more than more than a trend well you know what what do you think the real reason is that like fashion designers or fashion company you know clothing companies were not making their clothing in that size and like in yeah. plus sizes. I think it has to do with a lot that they just didn't know this woman existed. Really? Um, I think it comes from the fashion world is very insular. Yeah. And um, very city driven. And I think with when you keep around the same people around you, you, you lose touch on what's really happening. Sure. And I think that being encouraged for years and years, it's, it's gotten that they just it's like lost a feedback touch. loop yeah. of just, yeah. just a big circle hamster yeah. wheel of just people telling me, Oh, I'm great. Look at this. I'm going to create. And, and also you layer on top that schools don't teach it. 
Mm. You don't have a next generation of designers coming out from school saying, hey, I'm going to design for this type of woman because they don't even have the tools to know how to do it. You watch any Project Runway and they just lose their cool if they have to design for a woman above a size 12 oh, because yeah. it, they don't know how to. Yeah. And and if you don't have people with the knowledge of how, it's not even going to create be created. And, and you're not sort of toking the fire um, at that really impressionable age. So mm. they, they don't come out with that want to create a line for those sizes because it's not as cool or is not going to grab them attention immediately. It's a slower, slower build. And you guys have, and Hey Gorgeous, you guys have done stuff with some like bigger brands. Yeah. Yeah. We've worked, you know, it's, we have to do this balance between the big brands to bring people to the site. But is that why you think it's important to work with big brands? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. It's because it, it's easier way to get attention and get people to notice you. If, Mm -hmm. if someone knows of a bigger brand, they're more likely to come to you and trust you and buy from you. And then maybe after a couple purchases, they're going to try one of those indie designers that they haven't tried before because it's my job to woo them and, and show them that fashion can work for you. Well, what has your experience been like, you know, making that happen? Have there been surreal moments? So many surreal moments. And, I, I sometimes struggle to enjoy those moments of because course. you're constantly like <laughs> pushing it forward. But I've had some um, some really amazing opportunities and and really impacted a whole industry, which yeah. is maybe this is why I don't think about it too much because it's even just talking about it makes so me... So you got to just keep moving. You can't stop yeah, and think about uh, it. Because <laughs> you're like, how is this even happening? How, how have... Yeah. yeah. How have I done this? Or, yeah. Like... I'm surrounded by wonderful people. How have we all done this? And it's amazing to see so much come up around me and and so many people who have been working on it from like the mode days, which I mentioned earlier, yeah. who are who who are still working so hard to create this industry. What are the things that give you the energy and the inspiration to keep to keep pushing forward? Hmm. It's hard to maintain sometimes. Yeah. But I know that there are so many women like me who wanted beautiful fashion that's not throwaway, mm-hmm. that's made for them, that feels good to wear, that they don't have to think about about it. They don't have to get cartoonish with their clothing or they don't have to dumb it down because that's, that's the only option. It's either seems to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And they just want to live a life that is regular yeah. and, but have it, their clothes represent who they are. And for so long, like like mentioning that I was only able to wear goth clothes when I really wasn't a goth. Yeah. I've been pigeonholed into either that or a 50-year-old woman when I was like 14. Right. And there's and just being able to give the gift of expression of yourself mm. is, is what keeps me going because whenever I have a customer who shops with us in person at our at our office and I and they come in saying how they hate shopping and they leave just being like, this is what it's about. It's not clothes. It's not me. It's the clothes. Right. And, and being able to pass that on to someone yeah. is just my favorite thing to do. And I can, and, and that's what I meant to do. Do you get to, do you get to like come into contact with, you know, customers often? Yeah. Like yeah. A, we have kind of, uh, just, you know, when you have a startup, you get to pivot, as they say, a lot. Oh, I've and seen Silicon Valley. I <laughs> yes, know all about I it. Know. Oh, my God, that show. I watch it, and I'm and I, I'm like, wow, that really happened to me, too. <laughs> I got involved. I'm going to go to, like, TechCrunch Disrupt exactly. in New York. Come on. I'm, like, so stoked. <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy. Yeah, so <laughs> it happens in the fashion world, too, for startups where yeah. you have to. And we, we moved in. We had our offices over um, in Greenpoint. Oh, cool. Above Spritz and House had a shared workspace. Okay, my studio's yeah. right over there. Oh yeah, yeah. So then we, um, so then we moved into the city and we were sharing the space with a couture designer and we're like, can we use your showroom to have customers over? And he's like, sure. And and so we started booking online appointments and it really took off oh, and that's people so started cool. to, because we're one of like two places you can shop in person in Manhattan yeah. if you're above a size twelve, which yeah. is nuts. And um, and so they started to book appointments and it just took off. So. And being able to talk to your customers, you're like, oh, okay. So I am getting across what I wanted to get across. Oh, you are like me. Yeah, I yeah. thought I was the only person. And I am I was starting to doubt that I was my belief that there were others like me out there. And so it was really validating. That's also how you like build like a lasting bond with mm-hmm. people too. Oh my gosh. In terms of like what you do. 
Do you, you know? ever like sending text messages and, yeah. or just beautiful letters that, or well, emails that, um, <laughs> maybe your older brother might you know, sit at I've a writing desk. I've been watching a lot of Outlander the yeah. last two days. So, <laughs> so yeah, letters are on my mind, but, um, but yeah, writing emails of just like the experience they had of being able to shop with us and like they had all their goals in their life had been accomplished except finding the clothes to match who they are. And mm-hmm. it's just a crazy one that a lot of people look over as being really important. Well, one of the things that you wrote about on the blog for your site that I thought was really interesting, you wrote that post kind of just questioning about like your weight mm-hmm. fluctuating and talking about how that would appear, like how your customers or your voice would change within yeah. the plus size, yeah. uh, you know, fashion industry. I thought that was really interesting because like, because also like I, I would imagine that people, in other arenas of fashion, they don't really have those concerns. No. And why do you, th- is it, is it particular to the plus size fashion world? I think world? so. And, and why? I think a lot of validation comes immediately from looking at someone and mm-hmm. saying, oh, they get it. Okay. And that empathy, that bond is really quickly created versus when you're not looking that way. Mm. And like, well, what, what do they want from us? Like, yeah. how do they know what I want? Yeah. How do they, they know? And, you know, you read a lot of, social media commentary about someone who does something in the plus size community that's not totally everyone's everyone's thing and they really rag on them or like why does this this straight size person have interest how do they know yeah they don't know what it's yeah what it's like and right and i think in that world more so than really any other aspect of the fashion industry it's really tough for people to wrap their head around why Mm someone who didn't live in your shoes would want to be a part of it. Cause for so long it's been so separated. Yeah. You so wanna, like otherized. In yeah. A way, right? You want to really understand why someone your is guards always yeah. already oh, up a little bit. The guard is so up. Yeah. It's, it's not a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah like it's w- up. why do you want, what do you want from me? Why are you here? What, right. What do you, you know, how do you really know what it's like? And, and like when I started the blog, I was maybe around 50 pounds lighter and I know when I went to events and the things where press was, they would run to the bigger girls in the crowd to talk to. I'm like, no, but I know so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you want to talk to me? And um, and I know a lot of that had to do with because I didn't really look the part. Yeah. I was a size 12 or 14 then, and now I'm an 18. And it's it's definitely a different experience with when they like can look at you and like, okay she 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 yeah. lives in those shoes and then i think the customer your customers too have more of a trust mm. of you too and and in in my industry more so than the mainstream fashion industry i think customers really have to trust um that you understand what they're going through and when you're asking them to spend like five hundred dollars on a an item from an indie designer that they've never worn before. It's nice. That it, well, if Amy knows they're good, that they must be oh, because that's cool. so you have to, so I think it's helpful, but then also I'm not totally comfortable at this weight. So, so I, I fight with that internally and, mm. and then also just having, well, I, mean, to, I think yeah. I, almost like everybody struggles oh, with that. You I know? think so. I, I think so too. Absolutely. And, and f- for me, that is more tied into my job than I think the average person. I mean, like, I definitely, like, have a gym membership that I (laughs) definitely haven't used in months. Yes. But it's just, like, the idea Mm -hmm. of, like, having it Mm -hmm. makes me feel comfortable. And I'm sure the gym is cool with that because I'm sure there's lots of people who feel that. (laughs) They hate January when everyone comes to use the gym. And then February, they're like, oh, thank God. They're just like, "Uh, let's maybe move some of the machines around so this is harder for people to come back. Let's, like, demotivate them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) and I have such a weird relationship with, like, working out that – after going to the weight loss camps, I'm like yeah. setting into a foot into a gym. I just start getting anxiety attacks. I just don't like it at all. My uh, so like you know the, uh, you know I, I go to like Retro Fitness, mm-hmm. which is a couple blocks from here. They have literally my dream scenario. It's a movie theater <laughs> oh, in complete darkness, like with all the <laughs> machines and just movies on yeah. loops. And I still can't even that get my ass to get over like, there. Yeah, no. It's like you couldn't. I couldn't like dream up a better, better idea situation. of like of yeah. a gym that I would want to go to. Sounds great, but still a gym. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we have one in our <laughs> building and and it couldn't be any more ideal to 
right. take the elevator downstairs yeah. and go into the gym. But my husband will, will make it more. Uh, I, I haven't set foot in the gym. Yeah. I just can't. I'm like, I live in New York. I walk everywhere. I'll take the stairs. Yeah. It, I'm on my bike. Up. Exactly. I ride my bike over the bridge. It's just Leave me alone. Active. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, I think if I ever moved to the burbs, I would gain 10, 15 pounds immediately immediately like the walking saves it's nice saves me yeah yeah yeah. but but so yeah it's a a struggle that i definitely sit on about uh do i or don't i but i honestly just the way i am it's not going to be fast (laughs) it takes me a lot to find the time and and just to 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 work out and get that part of my life in order what uh what are the day-to-day fears and stresses that you find yourself coming up against oh my gosh there's a like l- running your own business yeah you know? it's there's a lot of push and pull and then it's there's a lot of meaning what like just like i hear people right say now, that all the time like what does that mean it's well for me it means the balance between having two kids and a right. husband right and and then uh, my firstborn which is the business and having to right now we're raising money yeah raising money okay i've never raised money before well and how do you raise money and how do you the the banter between my business me and the business partner well if i talk about too much of this they're not some people okay it's like a minefield so some people will come at you you're not blue skying it enough and other people other investors will say well how are you capital efficient you're like i can't blue sky (laughs) and i can't be capital efficient at the same time (laughs) what like and so it's you're you're constantly trying to figure out that balance of like how can i convince this person that this is a really amazing market right. and that money has never flown into it before it's right. always been self-funded people in their basement who have an interest in designing making it five dresses and it's always been so mom and pop huh. and to finally get some money flowing into it it's it's a ama- it will really blossom a whole industry and so it's just trying to convince people that that we're a worthy business right. for it and and when people may have a lot of natural of their own biases towards um the industry that it's it's sometimes t- tough yeah. to 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 battle down and then so there's that whole aspect then it's just growing and running a business you're we're four people and we're really working hard to to create something that's not out there in an industry that's still uncharted territory and then trying to get home by six to be a mom for two hours and run around with the kids and be present and not, and, and not be tempted to check my phone constantly and, and to, to be there for them and then put them down to bed and then get working again. It's, uh, it's just um, a lot. It's a lot and it's tiring and you don't have time really for yourself, uh, you're exhausted, you don't sleep, you have a child who's teething, or you're just up because of work stress, and it's it takes a toll, but it's it's amazing. But that's kind of what it takes to get it all going, right? Because you, there's, you're the only one who's making you do this. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it. There's, yeah. And if I'm not doing this, I don't know what else I'll right. be doing. It's, right. I I have to do it, and <laughs> the, the kid, you know, the kids were... I put off having kids. I've been married for 10 years this October oh, wow. and we, we didn't have them until about six years in and, um, and having two young kids when I'm like thinking like, Oh, maybe if I, we had them earlier, it would have been a lot easier cause they would have been a lot older, but it's, um, so yeah, you're burning on all cylinders at all times. <laughs> well, what's, uh, you know, what's next? Like, what do you want? What do you want? Hey, gorgeous mm-hmm. to be. I, I want, us to be just the place where most most women go to shop that have that has a really beautiful offering a thoughtful curated offering i want to grow the talent of all these independent designers who don't have anywhere else to go mm-hmm. i want to help them create their lines to to sell i want to be able to create my own pieces we're launching just a t-shirt line soon and and just filling the voids of what the market needs. And there's no great t-shirts. Everything's bedazzled or trimmed yeah. or A-lined and boxy. It's There's not a cool V-neck t-shirt to save my life. And so I'm really excited to fill those holes with, um, with Hey Gorgeous and being able to really address what I believe... Um, women have been wanting and needing from fashion yeah that's cool there have been so there's like there's like a lot of like amazing designers mm-hmm. whose work you want to like 
that like people maybe don't know about that's yeah that's just like is there is there like a bunch of designers work that are just specifically doing like plus size stuff yeah or? most especially the indie ones they yeah. just do plus like a lot of them will start at like an eight and ten yeah and they'll go up to about a 24 and they they're they're the ones that i my i love i i want great fashion and i could never go to even from the czars in the world or even to like if I had money to like Barney's, I could yeah. never, never go in there and, and buy things. And, right. and, um, just to have that option to get really beautifully made tailored clothes is, is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. And how, the last question, how do you, how do you see that things are changing and like, how do you want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of the growth of, of helping women develop their closets and who they are and mm-hmm. be able to match their personality to a style and I, I really want to be one of the big game changers that when you look back 15, 20, 30 years from now and, and people say, hey, gorgeous, really made an impact here. Before them, there weren't these options. Right. And and at the end of this all, that's what I, I want to be able to do. That's cool. Uh, Amy Cheshire. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.